Welcome back to the Therapy for Real Life podcast. This is not therapy, this is real life. I'm your host, Anna Lindbergh Cedar, and in today's episode, we are talking about coping with uncertainty. Now, in my job as a therapist, I'm often called to help individuals cope with uncertainty. I work with folks who are going through relationship breakups, health problems, work changes, all the kinds of crises that happen in everyday life. I've never quite seen anything like what we're experiencing now with the continuing evolving situation of the coronavirus. I've never seen on such a large scale the number of people who are now all trying to cope with uncertainty together. And that is both really scary to think about and it's also really inspiring to think about the fact that we are all in this pandemic response together. So part of our response has to be good coping. As you know, the Therapy for Real Life podcast aims to expand access to burnout prevention concepts and self-care strategies that we can use in everyday life. So if we're going to cope with uncertainty, which we will be called to do from time to time in our lives, we should have some self-care strategies to help us with that. And one thing to just acknowledge before we get into how to take care of ourselves is just how stressful uncertainty is. And I see this all the time in my work. I see human beings can actually wrap their brains around really, really painful realities. And they are almost more tempted to do that, to kind of jump to conclusions, um, even if it's their worst fantasy. A lot of folks would rather do that than sit with the uncertainty or the anxiety of the unknown. For example, how I might typically see this if I'm working with an individual, let's say on confronting health anxiety, let's say before this pandemic even started, um, someone might worry about, what if I have cancer? Oh, I have a new uh, um, mark on my arm. What if it's cancer? And with health anxiety, we come to find that there's a tiny bit of comfort that comes uh, in catastrophizing. Even when we imagine the worst case scenario, that kind of jumping to conclusions is really an attempt at coping. And so someone might imagine, oh no, I have cancer. Uh, But at least they know, okay, well, I'd have to go into the hospital and get chemo, and there's a support group for cancer survivors, and I I can imagine that. I know what that looks like. Isn't it interesting just to notice what we are willing to imagine or put up with as long as we have a plan for it? So that makes things really challenging when we don't have a diagnosis, when we feel uncertain, when some people are getting sick and others are not. How, how will I cope with this can even be part of that uncertainty. So let's clarify that for ourselves. How will I cope with this? Let's practice that together. 
first thing I like to do when I'm dealing with overwhelm from a big dose of uncertainty is to break down that uncertainty into teeny tinier little parts and actually clarify for myself what is known and what is unknown. With the kind of overwhelm that can come with uncertainty, it can all start to blur together. And part of self-care is being really strategic about where you spend your resources in burnout prevention. So let's start with that first strategy. Go ahead and pause the podcast if you need to, because I'm going to ask you to pull out a piece of paper or a notepad on your phone. But more importantly, I want you to set aside all distractions. Definitely don't do this while you're driving and give yourself a few moments to cope with uncertainty. That's what we're doing here. Go ahead and pause the podcast. Great. Now that you have a pen and paper in front of you or a place to jot down some notes, I'm going to ask you to do the simple task of writing two lists. First, write a list of all of the unknowns that you are facing right now. Everything that is causing you anxiety or stress or you're dying to know the answer to that question, just go ahead and write it down. And when you come to the end of that first list, then go ahead and write down all the things that you know to be true. You trust the source, you trust the facts. These might be things that you know about yourself or the community around you. These are the variables that you can trust. And if nothing else, it might be that today the sky is blue. And if you struggle to find any unknowns, keep looking until you can find at least a few that are predictable and known. Go ahead and do that for just a couple minutes and come back when you're ready. Okay, now that you've made your two lists of knowns and unknowns, just take a moment to look at what you've written down. I went ahead and did the same and here are some examples of the things that I'm experiencing when I face the uncertainty of the, the current coronavirus. So the unknowns I wrote down are um, how long will this health crisis last? What will the new normal be after we stabilize? What are the financial and societal implications? For example, I've moved my practice completely to telehealth for the time being as part of our local shelter in place. So I don't know how long that will last. I don't know what things will look like after right now. And, and I, I don't know what some of the implications of even those unknowns will be. What I do know if I take a look at my second list is that I will do the best that I can. I have some special training in this area as a burnout prevention specialist. So I know that I will do my best, and I also know what strategies work for me when it comes to coping. I know that I'm adaptable and flexible, so when it comes to switching my practice to telehealth, 
I know something about that. I have experience with that. And I even have a podcast to support folks in between visits. So I feel confident in that, that even if there are a bunch of unknowns coming my way, there are certain things I know about myself. I also know that I have support. I'm not the only person going through this situation right now. I can consult with other people. I have family I can lean on. I can ask for help. So I'm not alone in facing this stress. And of the many unknowns out there, I know that to be true. I know that anything I'm experiencing right now is um, it's part of a broader response. And that actually does make me feel a a little better realizing that. Other things that I know to be true, I know many of the things that are within my control. I can wash my hands to reduce contagion. I can also dose information coming my way from reliable sources and take breaks if I need to, if I get overwhelmed. Those are some examples of the things that I know uh, versus unknown. Sometimes we, when we just write that down, you might notice a slight reduction in your stress or anxiety because it brings some things into focus. And you might even notice that one list starts to speak to the other. So for those unknowns that I listed, like not knowing how long this will last or what the new normal will be, I might, I might notice that some of my knowns start to kind of call out and answer some of those questions. Well, I don't know exactly what it will look like, but I do know I'll do the best that I can and I'll be flexible and adaptable and I will support my community and I will ask support when I need it. That's really clarifying for me. Not everyone is going to feel as comforted as I was uh, when we went through that list of knowns and unknowns. That was the takeaway that I had from it. It made me feel comforted and soothed. For some folks, you might be feeling even more overwhelmed. And some of the unknowns, you might have listed out some of your greatest fears or your worst anxieties. So part of self-care includes naming that worst fear. And I'd like you to do that now. So when you consider all of the knowns and unknowns that you're facing, I'd like you to just go ahead and acknowledge if there are any catastrophic thoughts that are coming to mind. Are you worried that you will get sick? Are you worried that someone you love will get sick? Are you worried about someone who's already infected or impacted? Go ahead and name your worst fear in this moment. And know that we're we're going to take care of ourselves as we acknowledge this worst fear and we're going to talk about self-care, but it's important to at least name it. And go ahead and write it down uh, next to those lists of knowns and unknowns. Because the next self-care strategy that we're going to use is to go ahead and make a safety plan for that worst fear that you have. I'm going to ask you to pause the podcast again in a moment because I want you to just go ahead and do a little bit of strategic planning in this moment and list out any of the things that you can do to keep yourself safe from either that worst fear happening or 
let's imagine that worst fear did come true. How would you just have to cope with that? How would you keep yourself safe? You can include whatever comes to mind in your safety plan and please be inclusive. So if you have to call 911 if it comes to it, include that on your safety plan. Include an emergency contact. Perhaps it includes making a go bag in, in case you need to leave your home and relocate or uh, go visit a family member at a moment's notice. If this is something that really brings you anxiety, perhaps it's worth worrying about. And this is what is so important when we understand the difference between anxiety and fear. Fear is you're experiencing a legitimate threat. You're not just making it up. There is something to worry about. And anxiety is when we go beyond fear and we're just worrying about what could happen. We're not facing an immediate threat. So what tends to help with anxiety management and safety is just to have a plan for how you will keep yourself safe so that when you are not in crisis and you're actually just trying to get some sleep at night, you know that you have a good plan in place. So go ahead and pause the podcast now. Take out that same piece of paper or notepad in your phone and write down all of the things that come to mind that you would like to include in your safety plan. And if there's more information that you need to find out or resources that you need to access, go ahead and include that in your safety plan. These are little to-do lists that you will put together to give yourself a sense of safety. Go ahead and do that now. Another thing that can happen when we feel so overwhelmed by a crisis or overwhelming uncertainty is that we can lack confidence in our own ability to take care of ourselves or to take care of other people during a crisis. We can feel that feeling of uh, panic or imposter syndrome, just that feeling of, I've never been here before, I don't know what to do. So if you experience that feeling when you're coping with uncertainty, I invite you to get in touch with your own personal strengths and to remember some of the personal strengths that you already have access to to get through these uncertain times. So the next self-care exercise that I'm going to ask you to do is of course to pause the podcast again and take out your pen and paper or your notepad and your phone and I'd like you to first make a list of all of the challenges that you have already made it through. Think of some of the biggest challenges that you've faced in your life, including times when you felt a sense of uncertainty. And once you've made a list of all of those challenges that you've faced, I want you to write down 
a list of personal strengths that helped you get through those challenges. So you can even go one by one and list off what it was that got you through each and every challenge. Try to think of the resources that you use, the personal qualities that helped you overcome adversity, the social supports that helped you get there, the cultural wisdom that you kept in mind or spiritual practices that you that you fostered. Go ahead and take a moment now and think back to previous challenges that you've faced and write down the personal strengths that helped you get through those times. I hope it feels good when you take a look at some of the personal strengths that you've used to help you get through challenging times. Something I love about doing this podcast is that I have to try out all of the strategies that I recommend to you for myself, and I just took a moment to do this as well, and I'm actually kind of blown away by some of the things that I've been through in my life, births and deaths and unexpected changes and adversity, and I have to say I feel kind of proud of myself for figuring out those challenges. So I hope you you take the time to really honor those personal strengths that have gotten through past challenges and actually take the space to let that sink in. That's going to be really good as you think about challenges going forward. Let's put those personal strengths to good use as we think about what self-care looks like in community as we cope with uncertainty together. The next thing I'm gonna ask you to do is to think about how you are going to stay connected to your community during all these times when we are expected to shelter in place or work from home or cancel flights and plans to visit loved ones. These are gonna be really challenging times for social connection. I'm hearing lots of sad stories about weddings getting canceled or postponed, funerals getting canceled or postponed, and folks going through these life moments in isolation. So let's avoid that. Let's make sure that we are fostering a sense of social connection that transcends the distance that we all are experiencing at this time. So what I want you to do next is your next self-care strategy is go ahead and jot down a few names. And I want you to ask yourself two questions. Number one, who is someone that I could go to and lean on for support if I needed to? And I want you to write down whoever jumps to your mind, whoever comes to mind when you think of that word support because this could be emotional support, it could be information support, like trusted news sources that you rely on. Hopefully it's a person. I want, I want you to think of people in your life that you can go to. Could be financial support if you, if you need that kind of backup. It could be a manager at work or a mentor outside of work. You can think of support however you define it, 
but I want you to write down the names of one to two people at least who you could you could go to if you needed support. I'm not even saying you have to. I would like you as part of this self-care plan to just write those names down. Think about it. If you struggle to come up with anyone who could support you during a crisis, that would be a good time to reach out for more support. You might consider uh, looking up therapy resources and telehealth in your area, calling 211 in your local county, at least for folks in the United States, if you're looking for access to low um, cost resources calling your doctor or looking for other communities of support if you really truly cannot name someone on that list I'm going to invite you to to make that your self-care priority and not self-isolate in that way okay once you've done that I want you to include next on your self-care plan a list of at least one to two people that you could reach out to and support during this difficult time. Something that is really curative and comforting during a time of stress is to be a helper. You might be dealing with your own anxieties and insecurities and there's nothing more stabilizing and grounding than being a support for someone else and modeling that. As a therapist, I've been in that position many times. I've gone through national crises and uh, witnessed um, really terrible acts of uh, violence, and I've had my own reactions to that. And so I've definitely experienced the benefit of this, of, of, of what it feels like to kind of go outside of yourself and, and support someone else. That, that can be really comforting in its own way. But I would like you to do both exercises to think about if you could push yourself outside of your comfort zone perhaps and ask for a little bit more support who would you be comfortable going to and and similarly in the other direction who could you offer support during this time and what does it feel like to just acknowledge and act on that social connection that we all have self-care suggestion that I will leave you with as you think about how you will cope with uncertainty is just to take things one moment at a time and if you can do anything in that teeny tiny moment to make yourself feel just a little bit better in a healthy coping way this is your chance to do it we know that self-care and burnout prevention happens in small moments that accumulate over time. So I'm going to leave you with one last resource. If you go to therapyforreallife.com and click on the self-care tab, you will see a whole library of resources there, including all of the episodes from the Therapy for Real Life podcast and one article from the Therapy for Real Life blog, which is called 50 Small Things You Can Do Right Now to Improve Your Mood. And in fact, if you scroll through the Therapy for Real Life podcast, you'll see a, a previous episode with the same title. Or if you go on Medium, you're going to see an article from me with the same title. 
And what I've done for you there is I've just listed out 50 teeny tiny things you can do to improve your mood in a moment. These are small things that you can do. In fact, in isolation, I checked, I went through the whole list and asked, are these things that you could do even if you're self-quarantining for the coronavirus? And the answer is yes. So check out that list on therapyforreallife.com and make your own list of small things that you can do to cope with uncertainty. I hope that you've come up with a few strategies that will help you during this time. And stay tuned because you know every single Therapy for Real Life podcast includes self-care strategies that you can use at any time. Therapy for Real Life is a Bay Area burnout prevention and relationship counseling center offering in-person therapy in Oakland, San Francisco, and telehealth throughout California. Therapy for Real Life also offers workplace workshops to help your team buffer against the stresses of daily life. Therapy for Real Life is known for the Burnout Prevention Hackathon, which teaches your team self-care strategies that are backed by research to help you interrupt burnout and promote self-care. Now that work has moved primarily to virtual and work from home, Therapy for Real Life has adapted the Burnout Prevention Hackathon for the online community. Get in touch to discuss your interest in stress management, burnout prevention, relationship building, and other self-care workshops, and how to adapt these trainings for your team's needs. Email therapy at annacedar.com or visit therapyforreallife.com and click on the workshop page to learn more. Get in touch to discuss your team's burnout prevention training needs. Thank mm-hmm. you.